You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 243, brought to you by Comedy Central's Ugly Americans, discount comic book service, and iFanboy listeners like you. They wrote a song about you and took care to leave all the saddest parts out. So when I sang along, I never believed you could ever get so down to say it isn't so. No, not Hello and welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast episode 243. My name is Connor Kilpatrick and I'm here with Ron Richards. Hey, Connor. And Josh Flanagan. I guess. Well, we're going to get you peppy, buddy. I guess. We are iFanboy.com. We like comics. We read comics. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best one, writes about it on the website. We talk about it on the podcast, along with various topics of interest, other books of the week, all kinds of great stuff. We're positive. We like comics. We love them. Whatever. Whatever. This week, reality, bite, reality bites was on TV today. So, and stay tuned for the end of the show. We're going to talk about San Diego and all of our appearances and all the ways you can see us and have fun in San Diego with us. Put a smile on uh, that face. You had the pick of the week. I did have the pick of the week, and uh, I think there's nothing to make you feel more upbeat than an issue of Day Tripper. <laughs> I know, Jesus Christ. <laughs> there's, there's nothing to do. Uh, I had, I had a lot of books this week that I would have considered five. A lot of, a lot of good, tasty reads. One of the things I noticed this week was that I didn't buy many uh, superhero books at all. Uh, from Marvel or DC, I had a lot of other books, and I was I was I was enjoying the uh, variety, and uh, there's a lot of really good things. And I decided at the end of my stack, and I was looking at it all, and nothing really had stood out to me while I was reading. But when I went back and thought about it. I went with Day Tripper number eight, uh, bought from Vertigo by Fabio Moon and Gabrielle Ba. I still don't. Do we know who does what on this? Nope. No. No. Okay. I don't That's care. Fine. And I don't know. I don't matter. care either. It's collaboration. Yeah. <laughs> I like their organic collaboration. Uh, the reason that I, I decided I went with this is that, you know, the last couple issues, all the issues have been good. There's no, there's no doubting that at all. But the last couple issues of Day Tripper, I have been wondering a little bit of, all right, I, I get it. Maybe 10 issues is too many, something like that. Um, but at the same time, like, I still found myself really moved by this one. And I, uh, basically, here's your, your giant spoiler, I guess, if, if this is the thing. Each issue, you've probably heard this on the show before, each issue is about the death of a man named Braz. And, uh, like, it's just an alternate reality take on every, and on a different version of him in every issue. And they've all been pretty sad. Most have been very well done. Some stood out more than others. They all have sort of a different take on them. It's actually a really interesting writing exercise to see sort of how each one, they're just like telling a different story with the same very basic framework. Uh, and in this one, uh, it's the story. Uh, he, uh, Braz is away on. He's an author in most of them, I think. Uh, he's away on on a business trip. He's, he's doing a book tour, and you he see the whole story from the point of view of his wife and uh, their their small child Miguel. And he's never in this. Uh, he only exists in this through like a note here or there and other people's memories and um and, and a voicemail a voicemail message. And that's it. And and based on that, like you still feel for him. I just thought it was a really nice. It was a really elegant technique of of sort of making you feel the loss of somebody that you've never met. You know, in in the in the case of this one issue. But but the uh, funny but the funny thing about that is is that through the previous seven issues, I feel as if I knew him. Like I I was missing him in this issue. Yeah, which is like it, that's why I think this issue worked at eight as opposed to like two. I agree, but yeah. I am really curious how this would run to somebody who hadn't read the rest of them because sure. I think it would still be effective. Yes, it's it's yeah. my guess. It would be effective uh, in a different way. Yes. Yeah, maybe. Well, but the thing is because Braz is a, a different – I don't know how to pronounce Brazilian, by the way. I'm just going to go ahead and Braz. say – Braz. Braz. Yeah. 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 Uh, sexy. Yeah, sexy. sexy. Way yeah, sexy. sexy. Yeah. yeah. Well, in this one, he's constantly leaving these romantic poems. And don't get me wrong. They're cheesy, but certain dudes can pull that off. Yep. And I have I have no doubt in my mind that the that the brothers here who are doing this book can pull off lines like this. <laughs> yeah. I've I've met them very briefly. I've heard stories, and and I and like I can't I can't I couldn't pull that off. I wake up, I fall in love with you like that day at the bakery. Well, no, it was it, the voicemail is the one that that got me. Where I was like I was like, oh come on, it's like if yeah. I if I said that she'd laugh at me. That's because we're pasty. <laughs> yeah, and there's nothing you know. Well, mysterious yeah. or swarthy. What was it? It's like, so I saw a couple walking in the street today with two kids and a little dog. They seemed happy. It was like I was looking in a mirror. I'll be back in a couple of days and we'll take a walk and be mirrors of happiness too. Like, wow. It's true. And, it's and sexy. Like, I, I want to sleep with them. 
I absolutely <laughs> admit that this is completely melodramatic. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind. It's like overly romantic and melodramatic, but it does work. Yeah. Uh, you know, like it hits all those things. Uh, you know, for me, I, just, I make no mistake of the of no, make no no shame of the fact that I'm a weepy cryball. Uh, ever <laughs> since I've had a, since my wife is pregnant, I whatever it is, it's just I, I'll weep at a, at a at a at a second. And the little kid in this. You know, and you know what's going to happen, and the way that they drew him is just exuding this like childhood innocence with those big round eyes and that hopefulness they put in him, and they just paint this picture of a couple and a family who are completely in love with one another, and it's just tragic. Uh, it is. It's terribly they, tragic, and they, we've been through this so many times. And like, I've, to me, like the best page in this is uh, she gets a phone call, and you see her eyes like there's no, they don't you don't they don't say what happened. You see her eyes get big. And then you you flip the page and it's a shot of his empty desk. You pull out, pull out. You see like his empty office suite, and it's just like, oh god, they, that's. They did something with eyes in this issue, like different than the other issues. There's that that page when she gets the phone call and you see her eyes welling, and then when you t- the two pages later when Miguel's in class and mm-hmm. it's supposed to be like career day for the parents and he's reading like what about what his father did, and yeah. that middle panel where he just looks up mm-hmm. like I nearly lost it there. I, I, I am I'm getting like the, the chills right now looking at it. Yeah, like it's. Yeah. And it, that happened to me, like, every, as I was looking through the book, as I was writing it, like, it, I was like, wow, this keeps affecting me. Uh, and because, because of that, like, I was just like, That's, that, that, gets the, that gets the prize, you know, that gets the pick because it really was effective at what it was doing. And the, and the art, I mean, they, they, you know, they're masters at this yeah. point. I, I really think that, you know, in terms of acting, like, this isn't realistic, but it evokes humanity more than anything else that I can think of. You know, they're people. Totally. The one thing, just a, a little less less melodramatic and drama or whatever, but the one thing I liked about this issue was I want to know what kind of crazy computers they have in Brazil where they use pens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, was just like, I was like, oh, what is that? Like clicking the pen on the screen to open up the email. It was like. They've, they've, never, they've never used computers. That's like, my thing. It's like Star Trek stuff. They're too busy yeah. romancing people to yeah. have computers. Yeah, exactly. Um, literally, I think it's interesting is. is whether or not this comes together, because there's only two more issues, and so far the, the, nothing has changed structure-wise, I think people will probably freak out, a good portion of people, if there's not some sort of moment that makes sense. I, I, think I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't no, think it needs I, to. I, think it's I don't a, either. It's an examination of a theme over and over in different ways. I mean, each issue has been sort of different aspects of death and life. Yeah. And I think that's really what this book's about, is about examining the human condition in ter- in, from different Meditations. Angles. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think, think it's going to be issue 10 we're going to say Bra's in an alternate dimension lording over his alternate world. I think it's just going to be... They find out that this, this version of Brazil is actually purgatory. And, <laughs> uh, he goes to a church and... Yeah, he goes to a church. They were all just waiting for Miguel to die, yeah. it turns out. Uh, you know, it, one, of the, one of the things that kept coming up in the, in the comments was, oh, I'm going to wait for this in, in trade. I'm going to do this. And like, this is really, I think, one of those examples of something that reading in issues is going to help. Because the fact is, I don't want to read all these stories right away in one go. Yeah. Yes. Or you know, like it really works well as an issue. You don't have to remember anything from time to time, and it becomes just foggy enough by the time that the next one comes that you have to re-ingratiate yourself in the world every time. And it, it works really nicely like that. This is an example of issues done in a really cool way. Now it's not for everybody, yeah, uh, obviously, but uh, really, really well done. I was. I would impressed. say if you do get the trade, if you're one of those people that do, then you should read an read an issue, put it down, month for a month. Read the, seriously. Read the next yeah. one. Put it down. It's it's much better that way. If you read all these in a row, I think you'll lose the emotional impact. Well, of it. yeah. Let's see what happens with issue nine and ten. I mean, maybe there will be something that we're not expecting. And, if yeah. if the Beyonder shows up, <laughs> you're out. Greatest <laughs> series of all time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> am, am I the only person that bought Superman seven hundred one? I held it in the store and then I put it back. Here's here's what I know. I looked on the site at the reviews, and they are either this was fantastic or this was garbage. It was fives or ones. That's all there was. I want to know where Connor Kilpatrick. This would have been a lot more fun if you guys had been able to talk about this with me. Because is it is it really is it is it bad? You know how I used to do the Archer report. I think I'm going to do the Superman on the Road report for the rest of the. Oh, you totally should. Um, so all right, we're gonna you know what we're gonna put aside the 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 whole poison concept and a slap and all that stuff because it's. Yeah, we 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 talked about that already. It's stupid. It's dumb. But move on. He's on the road now. He's he's doing his walk. Like Um, like brand new day versus one more day or whatever. You know like. Yeah, story happening. What's done hard. is done. Move on. Yep. Now, and the, so first of all, so I don't totally say bad things about this issue. The Eddie Barrow's art was fantastic. I didn't know how he would work because he's a much more of a dynamic guy. He's a big action artist. He does those big two-page spreads of action that are really, really strong. But here, yeah. this is all about Superman walking. 
through neighborhoods, so I didn't know how that would work. But he's, he does a really good job here. The art's really strong. And I think J. Michael Straczynski, the writer, does, does a really good Superman character-wise. He does a, he's got a sense of humor. He gets annoyed. He's a, he's a real person. That's always the way I like Superman to be drawn, written and not as a you know, boring voice guy. So that, in that sense, he's got a really good character's voice for Superman. Um, but then you reach the problems in the story. And the problems are internally right, – so, so the idea is Superman is now walking the, the, walking the earth – to reconnect with the people, and he's in like Philadelphia. Kane. This, like Kane, he's in Philadelphia. Every, every, this issue, and he's he helps some guys who have a broken down car. You can't you can't it, say walk the earth without saying Kane. I yes, can't. Like all I can hear now is like I'm trying to be the shepherd. And that's it. <laughs> I'm gonna walk the earth like Kane from Kung Fu. The uh, media is following him around in a big pack, and and they're trying to figure out why he's walking, and they don't believe him that he's just walking for no reason. Oh, so he's Forrest Gump. Yes, and then <laughs> and then. Um, <laughs> and now the dumb thing with the media is, okay, in the DC universe, I think we could all agree that Superman is the most famous person in the world. Yes. Right? I'm mean, clearly. He would be the most famous person in the world. Eventually, in this, in this issue, eventually the media gets bored and leaves. <laughs> sure, we're going to follow Lindsay Lohan around every day yeah. of our lives for right. five years. But Superman, right. Superman's Jeremy, walking for Jeremy. no reason. And we're going to just walk away and leave in this, in this 24-hour news cycle, 15 all right. 24 hour news channel world. In a world you're where, saying, in a world where Jeremy CNN, London gets as much press as he's gotten. Yeah. Yeah. CNN can spare a crew, but they can't spare a crew for Superman, is what you're saying in this world. Right. So he, he needs a way to have Superman be alone, so he, he just has the media get bored and leave, which was the first dumb thing. The second dumb thing is he comes across these um, drug, these, well, he's in a diner eating, and these guys say that they've had all these problems with drug dealers in their neighborhood. Could he come help? So he goes over there and he gets um, some <laughs> 70s era jive talk from the drug dealers. Nice. About how his costume looks like from Project Runway and all this. Like, like I've never I seen thought, Superman. If, I, if, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, and I want to, but don't a lot of the brothers think that it is a one bad outfit? <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so Superman blows uh, all, all their stash with his heat vision, and then he leaves. And the little boy in the neighborhood's like, but they're just going to come back. And he's, he says, well, tell them if they come back, I'll, I'll, I'm going to come back. So they've got to move. And he says, well, if you move, they're just going to do the same thing somewhere else. And he's kind of like, eh, that'll be their problem. And he walks away. Cue the wire credits. This, this is Superman. <laughs> Superman doesn't take down the drug dealers. He just pushes them to another neighborhood. Oh, Listen, man, this is, as cra- this is as crazy as Archie. He's walking gentrification. <laughs> Listen, funny Bunny Colvin he's, knew there was nothing you could do about it, and now Cal El knows it too. Oh wait a minute, that's the quote for the cover. He's walking gentrification. Ifanboy.com. <laughs> but then there's a jumper in downtown Philadelphia, and he flies up to her, and she says, "Don't touch me. I don't, you know, I, I, I don't want you to touch me. I, I'm, I, I'm gonna jump." And he says, "Okay, if you want to jump, jump." Yeah. Well, well you know, I, I just, I don't think he should be allowed to fly. Oh my god! Well, he's he, he's trying not to fly. He flies twice. This against should, his better. He should have to take the elevator or stairs. Is what I'm <laughs> to me, saying. I'm, to me, the problem is, I think the idea is is could be interesting, and I think his character work is is good. But just the situations he's being put in are really kind of dumb. Yep, agreed. And I don't know how long this is supposed to go for. I don't know if we can do this in every town. We're we're pushing for relevance. Well, he's in we're... he's in Philly, right? Yeah. Well, this issue's in Philly. He leaves Philly by the end. Why every did he go? Why did he choose Philly? Because he's in Metropolis, and, and presumably Metropolis and Philadelphia are close. He walked out of Metropolis. Oh, yeah, Philadelphia. no, Philly's like Baltimore. I mean, Metropolis is like Baltimore, right? Or is that Gotham? Well, it's, it's nebulously on the East Coast. Yeah. Well, it's well known that J. Michael Straczynski is a, is a, is a no, he's, his, his expertise is on urban plights. Oh, man. I just, you know what? It's just bizarre. Something occurred to me, and, I, and I, I'm really curious that, like, this is all tied up in, especially on our site, because, you know, like, I've talked about not being a fan, and. It's all, I'm, I'm really curious how people would react to this story if they didn't know who the writer was. Yeah. Like, it's something that I've been going over in my head. Like, because there's, there's a lot of baggage, one way or the other, attached with the writer's name on this. Uh, I mean, it's, it's bearing out from what you're explaining to me. It's exactly the kind of thing that I don't like from, from that writer, but um, I didn't read it, so I don't really know. And there, I mean, there's, some, there's a handful of good moments, but they're, yeah. they're, really, they're really outweighed by the, the dumb drug dealer moment, the woman on the ledge moment, the media walking away from those famous man in the world who decided to walk the earth moment. It's just So how long do you stick with this? Oh, I think it'll be fun. I'm going to stick to the whole thing. Oh, you think it'll be, it'll be <laughs> yeah. ridiculous? It, it oh, was entertaining. Yeah. It was, in it that was, way, I... <laughs> don't don't I, get me wrong. I had a good time. No, I, I had a good time going, what? <laughs> so this is, like, like, this is like Nick Cage Ghost Rider. 
Yes. All right, good. All right, good. good I, I had a good time going, what? <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> On the other hand, Officer Down cleansed the palate. Officer Down. Off, off, this was very, very close to uh, Pick of the Week also. I just didn't want to write the same review that I wrote for my last Pick of the Week for Sea Bear and Grizzly Shark. Oh, right, yeah. Same, yeah. You know, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was stupid as hell. I didn't care. This, this Upside down, a one-shot from Image Comics written by Joe Casey, drawn by Chris Burnham, um, about a super cop who can't die. This is basically Joe doing American Judge Dread. Yep. And with, with, you know, with, the, with the resurrection aspect in it, but that's basically ultra-violent, super cop, cleaning up the streets. Versus Psycho? Is he a Psycho Ninja? Was um, that what the guy was? Yeah. It, it doesn't really matter. There was, at, some <laughs> point, at some point, there's like a, a Japanese castle full of crime lords with animal heads yep. there's a buzzard and a lion and then there's just all these ninjas it was all, all, all I know all I know is that at the end of it I wanted I want more from this world mm-hmm. and the last four pages I think made me laugh out loud more than anything the double, the double page spread of, of Officer Dad on the motorcycle with the pullover cocksuckers on the motorcycle and he's got the it's iPod in it's a great thing and then turning the page to the Two page spread at the end with the with the little scenes in the letters just made me laugh. I don't know why. I'm just yeah, like, <laughs> no, this and th- th- I mean this is this is this is also uh, it's that, but it's also hard boiled. I mean, this is yeah. Jeff Darrow and, and Frank Miller. This is oh, yeah. all those things. And, Bur- and Burnham Burnham's a Dara fan. You could tell. I mean, you know, you like, think? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I think honestly, honestly, you compare this to Nixon's pals, and Bur- uh-huh. Burnham's getting good. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Burnham's I, getting I have, really good. Well, Nixon's pals is black and white, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, like the thing is, what you were saying is, that I laughed many times as I was reading this. Yep. Many, many. They sucked. Uh, 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 he punched a guy in his face, and then they had to pull the face <laughs> off of the fist. Yeah, oh, that was great. <laughs> and, and then he went after them with his stump. He kept getting stabbed <laughs> in the eye, and yeah. he kept going. It uh, was just retarded. <laughs> it was great. It was, it, this was great. This is so much fun to read. It was hysterical. It was, yeah. Uh, 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 this is one of those things. Like if you like. Like yeah, it, like there's a way to do big dumb fun that makes that's like really fun, and there's a way to do it that you feel really stupid. Yep. And this is uh, the best parts of both of those. I love uh, I love the I love the sunglasses and the mustache combination. <laughs> I, he uh, had to have a mustache. Oh, had to have a mustache. Yeah, and, it's just and that's r- why it can't be Judge Dredd because Judge Dredd, that's not a mustache guy. This is a mustache. Well, guy. this is this is American. That's why I mean Judge right, Dredd I is British. So yeah, let's go. I mean, yeah, but um. Thank you. Well, no, but I mean, you know, you know what I mean. Um, if you read the issue, Chris Burnham, the artist on his website, is having a contest. You yes. should go check it out there to uh, guess the subtle in jokes in the book, and you win a page of original art from the book. So a really nice page, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, great stuff. No, no, it's any page. It's, it's any the page. page oh, I, oh, I thought it was the page he gave us as the same. No, no, no any it's page. any except for the double page spreads. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and I want the Page. I want yeah, I want that pull-up oh, page. That's, that's, a, that's a double page spread. Yeah, that was beautiful though. Yeah, that was yeah. great. So uh, you know, go go get this. You know, just uh, just read it. it. It came from Image Comics. It was four ninety nine, but it's thick. I mean, it's worth it. I mean, and this no is a, this is yeah. a one shot. Yeah, no ads. It's a great one shot. It's like a little mini graphic novel. I don't I don't want to get an email. What do I need to read to read Officer Down? Just <laughs> nothing. Just read it. <laughs> um, English. You know, you know what surprised the hell out of me also from Image was uh, Sweets by Cody Chamberlain. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, the first issue. The first issue came out, and it was um, uh, two ninety nine. And for two ninety nine, this is some amazing, beautiful art. Yeah, I, I, this was this was pick of the week right up until the last few pages. Not because it did anything wrong. It's just because I got a little lost at the end, and I was like, it's, "I'm going to understand it when the next issue comes out." Yes, I agree. It got a little kludgy uh, at the end. Yep. Yeah, but 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 I think it's it's part of like I was confused, but I think you're supposed to be. I know, um, and that's yeah. fine, but, but that would have been the thing that kept me. Uh, th- one of the really nice things was this, there's, there's a really cool stylistic thing where he's using, I'm sure it's just an effect, but the zipatone yep. uh, as a shadow, and then he switches styles completely and goes into this 16-panel grid. Oh, uh, and like very, very uh, cartoony, sketchy kind of you know, look. And it was, I mean, what, what, I, what really impressed me about this is, and just to, you know, so people know what the story, I mean, it's, it's billed on the cover, Sweets, A New Orleans Crime Story. So it's, it's basically, a, you know, a, I guess noirish, even though that's overused, yeah. a crime story in New Orleans. But what impressed me was just the, 
the the thought outness of the package of everything, and I was really impressed by the photo on, after the last um, last page. Which I guess I guess that's Cody Chamberlain in his work in his in his studio, and it just like from the look of the logo to the look of the pages to you know just like this feels like a thought out project, and it just you, feels so complete. You know, it says he's been working on it for a long time. Yeah, and you could tell. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, really just a good start. I mean, it's a, it's a cop story. There's a, there's a broken down cop who no one likes and, and an impossible to solve mystery, blah, 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 you know, uh, but it's in New Orleans, which has its own flavor. Yeah. And intrigue with the, with the local government and all, you know, like all every, I mean, like it hit on all the right notes, I think. Um, so yeah, it was great. Good stuff. Um, so what else was good this week was that the second coming, uh, crossover and the X-Men finally ended. Um, which is you know bittersweet because I've been really enjoying it. Um, X Men Second Coming number two was the last chapter, chapter fourteen. Um, didn't love this as much as I thought I would. Um, People complained a lot. I saw. About yeah, the it was rough. Well, they chose to they chose to have a chapter of each uh, a, a chapter four chapters in the book, each done by uh, the the main writers throughout the whole crossover, which is cool. Which is a way to get everybody involved. Um, but it just felt kind of disconnected and it felt like I didn't feel like the cohesiveness, you know, that I would have liked to seen from it. And basically this was like, as opposed to the final chapter, this is more like the epilogue. This is all like the kind of, you know, uh, after it's all been done. Um, and basically, you know, our main beats in this were that, um, it's all, everyone survived that they, you know, they, they save the world. Um, Cable gets buried. They have a funeral for Cable. Everybody in costume, which I always find weird. Like sometimes, sometimes they go to funerals in suits, and sometimes they go in costume, which is just well, wrong. Memo. Yeah, but if you watched the anthology episode I did, you yes. know that due to the, from the caption that in the Marvel universe costumes are considered formal wear. I know, I know, I did see that. But um, there was a ridiculous scene between Wolverine and Storm over the whole X Force killing people, where Storm basically. Says the Wolverine that they're done. They're not gonna. They're never gonna talk again because she can't abide him killing people, um, even though he's been killing for years. But anyway, yeah. yes. Um, and and so, then, so he's on what six, eight, five teams now? Yeah. Or? Well, yeah. Anyway, but um, so essentially, Cycl- uh, Cyclops uh, tells him to stop doing the X Force thing, but he decides to do it on his own. Um, and then it and then it basically ends with. Um, with uh, more mutant signals popping up, like they all of a sudden Cerebro starts pinging, and there are like five mutants that have been that have been identified around the world. So the idea that now the whole no more mutants thing is over, and that's where when that and I really like that as a status quo for the X Men. I like that now now mutants are going to emerge back in the world, and they're going to go back to like remember like the the what made the Dark Phoenix saga so much fun in the beginning was that like oh we have a mutant in Chicago, let's go find them. Yep. And they go find them, and they and they bring them into the fold, and all stuff like that. So if they play that up more than the Cyclops' army, you know, like us against the world type thing, I like that direction. But then um, X Men, uh, Uncanny X Men: The Heroic Age came out, and you would think that this was a throwaway, like one of those little just throwaway one shot anthologies. But this was fantastic. I mean, this was my pick of the week. And admittedly, I know I'm an X Men nerd and all that stuff. But this was three stories, all written by Fraction. Um, focusing on Cyclops with art by Wills Portacio, um, Beast with art by Steve Sanders, who did Sword, um, and Hope by Jamie McKelvey. Um, and it just kind of rotated through each of those stories, and it ba- basically the gist of it and the real driving force of it is the Cyclops stories. Cyclops goes to um, the Savage Land to kind of take it easy and runs into Steve Rogers. Don't ask me what Steve Rogers is doing in the Savage Land. Well, Emma told him that Cyclops is there. But Steve Rogers basically finds Cyclops and is like, listen, you know, you saved your people, you're a hero, and it's time for the X-Men. You know, we're in the Age of Heroes. He doesn't say that. He probably should have. But he says it's time. We're in the Age of Heroes. He's going to put the banner above him. Heroes. But he says it's it's time for for the X-Men to stop being in the shadows. It's time for you guys to step into the light. And you guys are heroes. Let everyone else see that. And Cyclops does the whole, oh, well, you know, people hate us. We're feared. And Steve goes, yeah, well, let me handle that. And basically Steve arranges for the president to give Scott a Medal of Honor. And there's a, they do it in the press. And there's a big deal and a big party in San Francisco when he arrives. So now it's like – it. what I thought find funny is that it's – remember when Joss Whedon started Astonishing X-Men and the premise was the X-Men are going to be heroes again? Yes. And that quickly got shuffled, like got scuttled very quickly. It's, it feels like that's the point that we're at now. And if that's the case, then the future could be awesome. So, so in a way, Chewbacca finally got his medal. Yeah, in a way. 
in a way. It's interesting. It's funny because you say, I know it's my pick of the week and I know that I'm an X-Fan fan. What people don't understand is that you never make X-Men books your pick of the week. I never do. I think that's fair. usually terrible. No. So when one of them is good, it is is a unique situation. Yes. How do we end up with hope? Where do we end up with that? Uh, Basically, she's going to go to Alaska to try to find her parents. Who is she? We don't know. She's going to go try to find her parents. That's that. That's we're going to find out right. who she is now. So. Okay. So, but, but from what it seems as if she has, it seems as if she has all the power. She has all the all the mutants' powers, and she apparently is the spark that now is allowing other mutants to appear. So. She's the ultra humanite. I guess so. Apparently, the other funny mm-hmm. note is that in the last scene, um, McKelvey draws Cyclops talking to um, Hope. Uh, in a nice little kind of touching kind of you know they bear, you know they kind of make their peace and Cyclops tells her she can go to Alaska, but uh, Jamie draws uh, Cyclops with a very mod haircut, which I thought was funny. Like all of a sudden, all of a sudden Cyclops looks really good. Like he's in a nice he's in a, he's in a very smart suit and he's got a he's got a mod haircut. It's like, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was good. It was really good. I enjoyed it. It surprised me. So. Uh, one of the other books uh, from the from the farther corners of the comic book world that came out this week was The Sixth Gun Number 2. First one uh, was a free comic book day from Oni, but you could have also bought the first one this week if you wanted to. This is a supernatural western by Cullen Bunn and Brian Hurt, who did The Damned. And uh, it's getting a lot of good buzz around the internet, and I'd say that's with good reason. This is right up your guys' alley. If this is the kind of thing you want to read. Yeah. That's, a, that's a key. That's the key, um, yeah. Yeah, you know what? This felt it almost felt like like you could have dug this comic out and it could have come out in an earlier time cuz it was just so it was just like kind of classic and and uh you know like it was just there's bad guys and the bad guys raised from the dead and he wants his gun and there's lots of shooting and high adventure and there's you know there's like the the mysterious good guy and then the cranky ornery like you know his 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 helper, and he doesn't seem to like anybody or know what's going on. But they, you know, all these undead hordes, uh, but their cowboys uh, invade a a. It was like a saloon, and there's a big f- shootout, and then finally some dynamite goes off, and they run away, and then you know where are we with the mystery? And it was fun. It was really it's, it was great. It's very sort of seventies horror comic. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. And also, we should be noted that in, in The Damned, Brian Hurt was black and his art was black and white. Here, it's, it's, it's in color and it's really nice. Yeah. I think he's, he, I mean, he's someone who's always been great, but I really think he, this, is, this is some of his best work. It's, it's a gorgeous looking book, too. I mean, just yeah, oh, he was saying story. he's really proud of this issue. Yeah. Uh, you could, they're just putting a lot of love into the pages. Yeah. And it's the kind it's of thing. It's a lot like, of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It, it's, just, it's one of those things like it, it stinks of being a story that the people who are telling it really want to tell and nobody's getting in their way about it. Like, oh, like, like this is like a story, the kind of thing you wanted to do for a long time and it finally broke out and made it to a page and into your hands. And, it, you know, it, if it's just it's fun. It's big Western supernatural f- fun. Uh, not overly complicated in any way, uh, but, but just a good time. So definitely worth yeah. reading. Demons with six shooters. Demon guns, damn it. You can't, go wrong, you can't go wrong with that. Jeez. Oh, yeah. 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 Hell of a lot of fun. Definitely worth it. Uh, we want to thank Ugly Americans for sponsoring this episode. And if you are going to the San Diego Comic Con, you want to make sure you get to the Ugly Americans panel. That is on Friday, July 23rd from uh, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. in room 25 ABC. The panel will feature several voices from the cast, uh, including Randy Perlstein, Matt Oberg, Kurt Metzger. Uh, and executive producers David M. Stern and Dan Powell, and the series creator Devin Clark. Uh, and this is actually the really cool thing: if you are there in the panel at the at the at the panel, you could be chosen. One lucky audience member will be chosen to be drawn into an upcoming episode this season. So, that's really actually that's really cool. That's if awesome. they pick me, will they draw me thinner? Um, I don't believe. I bet. I bet they will draw you comedically. <laughs> so pretty much spot on. <laughs> Drawers. Yeah. Also, uh, also from Comedy Central, you want to make sure you check out the Futurama panel the next day, Friday, the uh, July twenty, not Friday, Saturday, July twenty fourth, uh, twelve forty five to one thirty p.m. That's going to be a big one, by the way. Yeah. All the people from that show and the oh my god, it's going to be packed. If you want to yeah. be oh that one, you want to go early too. Especially now it's back. Yeah, geez. yeah, that's, yeah. it's like right. and then finally the last last bit uh, on Saturday night, the twenty fourth, from seven to nine at the House of Blues, Comedy Central is throwing a live uh, show, live comedy show hosted by Pete Holmes with performances by Maria Bamford, Adam Devine, Chris Gethard, Kurt Metzger, Matt Oberg, Randy Perlstein, Horatio Sands, and Nick Swartz, and big names there, people. Wow. 
It's uh, a free a, comedy event. It's not, it's a free show. Yeah, with like with like headliners, real big names, people you've seen, people who are funny. Uh, like so, funny. Yeah, so you want to make sure you go to that. And uh, we are going to have some passes to that. It's a free event for anybody who wants to go, but what we have are guaranteed entry passes, which means screw the line. Uh, so we're going to be on the floor, uh, and we will have passes with us. And so what I'm saying is is watch for your Twitter. Uh, we'll update you over the course of this week uh, on the website how that's going to go down. But so keep your eye. There's going to be a red post at the top of uh, at the top of ifanboy.com with more information on that. But uh, we get stuff to give away. So follow Ugly Americans at facebook.com/slash/uglyamericans or twitter.com/slash/uglyamericans. And thank you very much. Cool. So uh, Ultimate Spider-Man number twelve. Yes, I wrote this. I, I, you didn't write this. You didn't Brian write Bendis this. Wrote Bendis this. wrote it. That's true. That's Are you true. Brian Michael Bendis? Sure. Why didn't you tell us? It's been ten years. What? <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, I, I gotta go talk to John. Who is that guy we're always talking to? Is he an actor? Did you hire him? <laughs> I put this in the script. Is what I meant. The point is, uh, I am just continually impressed that after that first hundred and however many issues run, they, they reboot it and they come back and like every one of these is so much fun. And this one was fun because it was written from a different point of view. Peter yep. Parker wasn't anywhere near it. There was this like, it was it was uncomfortable the whole way through, and you're like, oh, somebody this, figured this out. This this uh, <laughs> this is great. The, this chameleon storyline is fantastic. But um, the true story of this issue was La Fuente nailed it. Yeah, uh-huh. like this might yeah. be his strongest issue. Yeah, um, and every issue's been great. Yeah, the story. Of this is the chameleon in the last issue took over Peter Parker. So in this issue, he has inserted himself into his into Peter's life, and it's been him trying to figure out. Just what the hell is going on around this kid's life? <laughs> I love it. Asking any questions. So, why do these have these strange roommates? Who is this old woman? <laughs> why? Why does? Why does? You know, he thinks these weird things happen to him, and then suddenly then he figures out at the end. He discovers that he opens a trunk and finds the costume. But it was. You're right, Josh. It was kind of like, what oh, is I, someone figured out? Stop love, He's gonna kiss me. Oh, he kissed Mary Jane. That's oh, all. that was so uncomfortable. Oh, that was great. The scene with Flash was fantastic. Yep. And just oh, it's good all the way through. Yeah, great um, stuff. Great, great stuff. Unwritten number fifteen. This is a book that makes me feel stupid. Uh, <laughs> uh, there a, oh, there's a lot of literary references to things yeah. that I either didn't read or don't remember. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the narrative is still strong enough to carry through, but there were pages. It's like I don't, I don't understand this. This I don't know why this is here, and I, I just feel like I didn't pay enough attention. Um, at one point, this is really interesting. Uh, at one point, they talk about Merlin, and and they go to his his one of his resting places, and there's a shot in the middle of the book, and literally, I'm like, I'm pretty sure they drew that as Alan Moore. <laughs> nice. I, 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 neither of you are reading this, right? Nope. No, I'm reading in trade. I changed okay. the trade. Yeah. Well, he's got it's like he's got Spider Jerusalem tattoos, and then like from the neck up, I was like, that's that's Alan Moore. Nice. And it's, so uh, they're gonna find something to do with Merlin, and and there was a there was a big sort of uh, sort of a plot twist on the on the vampire who's hunting them down, and uh, one of the things I really just like is I don't quite know what's gonna happen or or what's going on. Not not like I'm lost in that way, but like it's just there's a lot of things swirling around and anything could happen. Should have so paid attention in English class. I know, I know, I barely made it through the Rudland Kipier. I feel <laughs> like Kipling I feel like this book needs an index, like the From Hell index. Yeah. That would just make it take longer or to the, read. The, oh, and that's an index. It's a, what is it, the appendix or annotation, appendix, yeah. annotations or whatever? Yeah, yeah. yeah whatever. So, yeah. You know what's funny about Chew number 12 is I, I read it on Wednesday, and on that same day I turned the TV on, and it's the little Jerry Seinfeld episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> little Jerry Seinfeld? <laughs> little Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, yeah, the, never has a cockfighting uh, rooster <laughs> been so funny. Um, when The moment when Chew shoots the lock off the, his cage... And they show the they show the uh, rooster with the uh, with the luchador, luchador mask on and the the word balloon of the skull and crossbones <laughs> made me, made me laugh. <laughs> He's got that grim determination in his eye. Yep, <laughs> this was great. Basically, Chu uh, Tony Chu goes undercover to uh, invest uh, to unravel a, a cockfighting ring. Um, that sounded weird, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it is, this was great. This is uh, a year later, man. This was a, remember by this point yeah. last year we were talking. It was issue twelve. Yeah, it's exactly a year. Um, I just can't believe how inventive every issue of this gets. You know, uh, you know the only thing about this that lost me a little bit when they switched from the office into the diner. And I did. I was like, oh, he's like I realized a page later he was talking to Chew, but he was in disguise. Yeah, I kind of like that though. That made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, no, and I once I figured it out it was fine, but it, it like it works in real life. But in a comic, when you change his hair color, yeah, 
and his everything. Oh, really? Is, you didn't get that? Cause I got his facial. His facial um, structure was exactly the same. And no, it was, and that's fine. It I took just, me. I'm, it took me. It did take me a moment. Yeah, but uh, they, also said, they also said he was going to have. An, he was going to go out and do this thing. You've got a new partner. Cut to, you know, new guy. Yeah. It was. It was really hot Wednesday. I no, I understand. I was out there with you. Yeah. In the trenches. Um, so, uh, Astonishing Spider-Man and Wolverine number two by uh, Jason Aaron and Adam Kubert. Uh, two words for you: Phoenix Gun. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Unbelievably awesome. I love how over the top this book is. It's and crazy. It's just, it, it's it, like, it revels in Marvel and doesn't it doesn't adhere to any continuity because it's not its own. It's an astonishing book, so it doesn't get bogged down in it. But it just yeah. it, it also sort of celebrates it yeah. without without really making you understand. Um, you this can tell is, how much Jason Aaron loves Marvel and its history. Oh, it's this hysterical. Is like, this is like Jason Aaron's version of Doctor Thirteen. Yeah, where like point. like everybody thinks of him as being one way. Yeah. And then he's just like, oh, yeah, look at what I can do here. Yeah, like when Brian Azzarello did Dr. 13. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is great. And, and I mean, the, the whole genesis of it is that, the, you know, they're, they're screwed up with the time stream and, and the whole world, they're, they're in the future and everything's awful and they've been there for years and they're trying to save, you know, save the world from uh, Doom, the living planet, because Doom is merged with the ego, which is hysterical. Doom and, planet. And uh, basically Spider-Man finds an ultimate weapon, which is the Phoenix Force contained in a bullet. And there's a gun. There's a gun with the little Phoenix logo on it. Because <laughs> you would do that. No. You know, you don't want to mix it up with the other guns. Oh, just great. Oh, Phoenix gun, genius. So great, great, great series so far. You know what else is really great and almost surprising is Justice League. Justice League Generation Lost got it's, way better. Got, I mean, it's I, fantastic. Yeah, it's great right now. Yeah. Yeah. This might be my pick of the week. I haven't decided yet, but this was really strong. It was really. Strong. This was a great issue, and it's it's funny. Someone. Um, Online described it as bringing dignity back to the the JLI, and it, it totally is. So they're yeah. not played as jokes. They're not played as, as hams. They're not but no. the, the butt of the series. They are totally straight up the heroes of this book, and they're kicking ass and taking names, and it's really strong. Yeah, really, yeah. really strong. No vaudeville. No vaudeville. Those jokes. There's totally jokes, and it's funny at parts. I mean, the Rocket Red is funny in, yeah, in, sure. in that fucking Russian way, and he uh, he um, he hates capitalism but wants to be more justly because it's cool. Yeah, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they're they're still they're played the serious heroes. They're not they're not screwed yeah, around. They, I mean, yeah, there's some comedy, but it's pretty heavy. I mean, this is like there are some heavy moments, and and um, I I, just, I thought Captain Adam was great. I thought the, all the the Booster Gold framing sequences were excellent. Um, I, you really feel this team gel together, and and he's doing Max Lord. You know, he's, he's as menacing as he should be, and it's it's great. This is I mean, I, I started. I remember I was I was the first couple issues. You're on the, I was you're on the fence, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But now I'm totally on it. So good good times. It's a great book. This is the best Justice League book that's going out right now. Yeah. So um, those are all the books that came out this week that we enjoyed. Um, but I, at fanboy.com slash comics, you see the whole list of all the comics that came out. You can write, uh, you can go there and do your pull list and then come back on Wednesday and write reviews and rate them. And we have a couple of reviews to share with you from the iFan base. Uh, Neb read Th- the Thanos Imperative number two, or Thanos Imperative number two, depending on how you pronounce it. Um, he gave the story five out of five and the art of five out of five. And at the time of this recording, 8.2% of you made it your pick of the week, which is kind of awesome. Um, and Neb says, I can't remember when the last issue came out, but I don't care. This issue was completely awesome. This is high concept cos- cosmic awesomeness at its best. While the series has been a lot of fun so far, this, is- this issue just ups the ante. The story finds our heroes in the midst of a battle with the forces pouring from the fault, and just as, uh, just as all looks lost, the Silver Surfer shows up. Of course, this leads to some big badassery along with an amazing two-page spread featuring some big reinforcements. Uh, I totally agree with this. I, I know we were worried about... Nova and Guardians of the Galaxy going on hiatus, but this has totally been worth it. Hmm. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Are you not reading it, or I took a hiatus. Oh man, it's so good. It's basically right. basically it's them all together. It's Nova yeah. and Guardians of the Galaxy merged with Thanos. It's it's I, awesome. I yeah, that's great. So I love I'm these. Sure, guys. it's good. Abnett Lanning are so good, and the the, the 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 big. Uh, although I gotta admit, though, the artist on it, um, whose name is escaping me, last name is Sepulveda. Um, ah. What you get stuck you on Sepulveda? Stuck Sepulveda. No. <laughs> although it's you know you don't want to get stuck on the four hundred five, so you can get off just after you go over the. Uh, Miguel Sepulveda um, draws an awful uh, Silver Surfer, like really bad. But um, well, but other than that, the big reinforcements at the end were all that like, was like Galactus and all the Celestials, which is all. Whenever the Celestials get involved, that's awesome. So for a moment there, it was like the show five years ago. Why? I, I was jo- just Josh to talk Ron, about the traffic. Oh yeah, I forgot about the traffic. I was stuff, just impressed yeah. that Ron could pronounce Sepulveda. Sepulveda. 
Yeah. Uh, um, that's, a, that's a tough one. All right. Uh, next up, Project X2. Oh, the monkeys come back. That oh, movie makes me weep. <laughs> oh, no. God, when the monkeys looking into the... Uh, he doesn't oh, know what's happening. Was that the Matthew Broderick movie? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that the Manhattan Project? No, that was the, the bomb. Oh, it's when they're, tra- when they're testing. Yeah. X2. Uh, writes of Invincible Iron Man 28. We give the story a 5 out of 5 and the art a 4 out of 5. The pick of the week percentage is a 0.04%. Not only is this title my favorite Marvel comic, but Fraction and the Rook have managed to turn Tony Stark into one of my favorite characters as well. I see a lot of complaints about the lack of action and how there's too much talking. This is my favorite thing about it. Invincible Iron Man doesn't need action. I've already seen Iron Man fight other Iron Men hundreds of times before. It's essentially the same thing over and over. But what I haven't seen is someone like Tony Stark gathering a group of like-minded individuals to save the world, not by being superheroes, but by being creators. Comic okay. creators? Yeah. No, no, uh, I, I don't disagree with you, but I didn't read it because I've decided that I do want to read this, but I, don't, I want to read it in, in trade. Right. Um, oh, okay, so you're not completely abandoning it. You're gonna do it. No, you, you, no. you seem to like it better when you read a collection. Uh, when you've you read def- issues, you've, you've jumped off of it, but you've you've come back through yeah. reading trades. Well, we did we did the books blowed about it, where we talked about it. And I read the whole first omnibus, which is the first twenty issues or something, nineteen issues or something like that. Uh, it read much better like that. It's 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 fairly decompressed. And what he's you know like the, you know there's just long periods of time where nothing happens, or the same thing happens for issues and issues. And issues. Tons of character uh, exploration. Um, so I like it better in one piece. Fair enough. That's, yeah. Cool. All right. So go to ifanboy.com slash comics and do your poll, poll lists and then write a review and we'll get it on the show at some point if it's worthy. And I don't Ooh. know what the criteria that is. We just pick the ones we like. Um, all right. So and if you uh, go to the poll list and you see all these comic books you need to buy and maybe your local comic book store doesn't get them or maybe your local comic book store isn't so local and you got to drive a far distance, or maybe you don't have a local comic book store, you should take a look at Discount Comic Book Service, uh, also known as DCBS. offers monthly specials up to 75% off. They've got 40% off all the major publishers out there. Anything you order, you get flat rate shipping of five ninety five on all the domestic U.S. orders, which is awesome if you're buying lots of books. Um, and then uh, you can get anything that's in previews. They've got over 9,000 trade paperbacks in stock, including, and I feel like our friends on 11 o'clock comics always mention this, and we should mention it, they've got Steve Ditko stuff in stock at DCBS, believe it or not. Steve uh, re-released Steve Ditko stuff and new stuff from Ditko. So Mr. You, a. Yeah, exactly. Mr. A. Exactly. They do have Mr. A. So right. um, so go to dcbservice.com, get all your uh, weekly comics, you, they ship them, you can get a box um, once a month, every two weeks, whatever you want, they'll take care of it, it's all DCB service, you can track your orders online, it is wonderful, go to dcbservice.com. Ron? Yes? I would like a box every hour. Okay, I can, I can do that. However right. you want it, it says, right? Yeah. However you want it, however you want it. Let me tell you something about 11 o'clock comics, I don't know what the hell comics are talking about half the time. <laughs> how, how old are those people? <laughs> This is really wonderful horror stuff. Oh, be nice. Vince is great. I am. I'm, not, I don't, yeah. I'm saying I don't know shit about comics when I listen to that. Well, maybe like, you should take some notes. I don't have any more time in my life. <laughs> Vince does have some very, very specific tastes. He, he and I talked to Chicago, and, and, and we were relating on our weird, you know, I, kind of vague, think, you know, creator taste. It's funny how, like, in, like you know, we have, a, we have a fairly big show about comics. Yeah. I'd say in the comic world. We're, we're, we're up there. We're doing okay. I can talk to people who read comics, and I'll have no idea what they're talking about. I'll feel like I'm like, I don't know. That's because you don't read any. <laughs> no, that's, not, that's what's I'm so great about, about comics. That's all. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's uh, such a wide variety. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to your emails. Also, uh, Josh doesn't respect the past, so there's that. That's yeah, so not true. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I'm now, I'm now not going to go along with these, these salacious uh, innuendos about it. It used to be true. There was a time when you said Kirby didn't matter. <laughs> I never said that. You find where I said that. Connor? Dude, you, didn't, you wouldn't <laughs> watch, read or watch anything over the five years. <laughs> That's what you said. That's not true. Yes, yes it I is. <laughs> Let's move on. Kyle G. writes and says, What do you guys think about certain characters like Batman, Spider-Man, X-Men, Superman, and Deadpool, etc. having multiple ongoings? What do you guys think about us fanboys who tend to get so annoyed whenever we see a character with four or five ongoing books? I can't, put, I can't put my finger on it, but we always seem to get so upset whenever new multiple ongoings are announced, especially recently with all the Deadpool books, Thor books, and even the new Batman The Dark Knight book with David Finch. We know we don't have to buy them, but we still cry foul whenever we see them. What do you guys think about this? Do we as fanboys prefer less instead of more? Thank you, guys. Lots of we there. Yeah, I don't, I'm, not necessi- I'm not subscribing to your newsletter. <laughs> 
I'm not it's, uh, this us fanboys and we and with a everybody reacts differently. B, I there's a lot of wackadoos out there. No, um, <laughs> I, I see what you're saying. Uh, I do think that certain. I mean, it's a, it's a really what is it? It's an economics thing. That's what I think a lot of people don't get. And then half the people go, "Ugh, I don't want to buy a fifth Wolverine title." But the, the secret is, then they do buy it, and well, that's, that's why that, there's a fifth one. Well, that's that's the yes. pro- yeah, that's the problem is that is that we you know with these books with these tight continuities and stuff that's going on, we feel as if you need to you when you you're, when you're a Batman fan, an X Men fan, an Avengers fan, all these books come out. And it's like, well, I have to read them all so I know what's going on. And it's that moment of Zen clarity when that you get to as a comic fan after a certain number of years when you realize I don't have to read everything that's coming out. You know, like for example, like I'm I'm buying Avengers and New Avengers and Secret Avengers, but I decided I don't need Avengers Academy and I'm not buying it. You know, so. I think no, you're absolutely right, and that's the way that I approach it. And the, when I get annoyed is when you're going along like that and it's fine, and because you've got one guy writing one book that you like and another one that's not your thing. Uh, and then they do a crossover, and you, ha- you have, to have to decide, well, I'll either read half of this, start buying the one I didn't want, or, or just yeah. get out for the, for the duration. Yeah. That's uh, how they get depend- you. Yeah. Well, they don't get me that way. Yeah. Like, I, well, the I get all of work, though. No, and they totally – and I, uh, economically, I understand. I can't blame them. If they're going to be able to sell five Deadpool titles a month, more power to them. Go for it. Just don't read them. Yeah. The whole thing about feeling like you need to read everything because I'm a fan of this character That's I think bullshit. is – Bullshit. Well, it's a waste of money because yeah. you definitely, in that case, you're buying four book, four, four Wolverine books a month. You're definitely not enjoying all. And of I can this guarantee, a, like, guarantee of all the Wolverine books, there's only one you should be reading, mm-hmm. which is the one, the by, one, Jason, that, the the one by Jason. The one that got canceled. Yeah, no, well, no, he's doing the new book. He's doing the new series, but they took Ron Garney away from. Them. They gave him some shitty Avatar esque uh, artist. Yeah, um, but anyway, so. <sighs> <laughs> I, I really feel we were talking about this in my comic book store. We really feel as if there's some uh, someone inside Marvel is plotting against Jason Aaron because they keep putting like he, he, they 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 put him on Wolverine and then they change it to Dark Wolverine and give him Wolverine Weapon X and he's got you know like I, there's something working against him at Wolverine. I don't yeah, know why. but you yeah. know what he got. I, I'm saying he probably got the one that he wanted to work on. It's just yeah. that. Well, because no one bought it because it wasn't the quote unquote real. Oh, yeah, Wolverine exactly. It yeah. just matter. Yeah. Which is, instead the they bought. One. The Dakin story, because that was in the middle of Dark Reign that nobody actually liked, because nobody seems to like the character. Well, he's I don't awful. know, maybe somebody died. I don't even know. I haven't yeah. read it. What am I yeah. saying? But, but I don't think there's any doubt that the stuff that was going on in Jason Aaron's book was better. Right, yeah. But then, uh, so then they put him on the Wolverine book finally, and they, they give him a shit artist. Well, he's not shit. He's just wrong for the character. He's Renato Gatiss. He's a good artist. Yeah. Anyway. Renato Gatiss is not a shit artist. He is wrong for, for that. But he's wrong for the... Look at the pages. It's not good. He's wrong for Wolverine, but he's not, yeah. he's not a bad artist. Yeah. Uh, uh, which, James Feaster. Which is a fun name to say. James <laughs> Feaster says, I want to start reading the Wildcats comics, but I don't know anything about them at all. Where do I start? <laughs> well, long-time listeners will know this is my favorite kind of question. <laughs> uh, I started reading Wildcats Volume 2, Issue Number 9. Okay. Um, if I can do it, you can. Nice. I like to hear that. That's good. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, like, the, the fact is, there's been all sorts of restarts. And, I mean, there's a current series going on now. They restarted with number one. If you go backwards, you could find that. There's probably a trade. Yeah. Uh, you could go and read Alan Moore's uh, Complete Wildcats or James Robinson's Complete Wildcats. Each of those explain plenty. There's, there's, they, those, really, they really need to collect Jim Lee's original miniseries. Do the, they? The fact that that's not collected right now is, is a bit of a shame, I think. Who wrote that? Uh, Brandon, Brandon Choi and Jim Lee. All right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can read, you can read, I don't know if all of Joe's are collected. I don't, I don't they're, know. No, they're, re- they're re-releasing them. Yeah. They're, they're well, coming back out, aren't they? I, I thought I read that. That's where I started, and that's what I would tell you. But yeah. In the early 2000s, they started again. Uh, the first, they started volume two. The first eight of them were written by Scott Lobdell, uh, and, and I think not drawn by Travis Charest. Uh, I started right after that, but I didn't even start on the first issue. Um, I say start with the. I mean, the best ones me are the Joe Casey Volume Two and Volume Three. Yeah, if if they are indeed re-releasing the Joe Casey ones, which I think they are, I would say get those because those are a modern take on it and it was kind of cool and you know everything. But um, Sean Phillips on art in those they're yeah. beautiful, beautiful books. Yeah, uh, those are the best ones. It, it serves where you need to start. Start. You could start at number one of the most current volume that we we did a show about it. We talked about it. It's sort of the world after the world's end or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. You know, just just pick some up, see if you like them. Yeah, just give it a shot. Pick up the current issue. Just give it, you know, all sorts of places. And look just, look online. The characters are all listed online. You, you read the Wikipedia entry and get an idea of what's happened in the book, and then just go. You know, why does anyone use the internet? You, you emailed could, you us. Could, 
you can very easily go to, to you know, like get the Alan Moore book. I mean, like yeah. it's a, the story's in progress, but you are not going to have a single problem. Yeah. Understanding at, what's going on at all. None. All right. So if you have a question, email us at contact.ifanboy.com. And we also get voicemail. And our first voicemails uh, got a question about something I keep hearing about. I have no idea what it is. Hey, this is Shelly from Pennsylvania. And I was calling you iFan people because today the Harvey Awards came out. And for six of the nominations, we've got the Wimpy Kid books. And those are books. They're not comic books. They're illustrated kids' books. And I know there's some librarians I've talked to that are enraged by this, but there's been little reception in the comic book community. And since we're such a community that usually protects what we love, I was kind of surprised. What do you guys think? Whether or not you're familiar with the books, I'm pretty sure six nominations for a kid's book should not go home with a Harvey. Thanks. See you guys later. Bye. Well, at least it's not NASCAR Heroes number five again. Whew. <laughs> the expiration date on that one. <laughs> uh, here's the thing with the Harveys is that it's um, uh, the Harvey Awards. You, you could, if you believe a book should be nominated, you can nominate next year. Like it's open to everyone. So apparently, some people think that Diary of a Wimpy Kid is worthy of getting a Harvey. I don't know anything about this book. I hear it spoken about in context of comics and graphic novels, but I don't yes. know. So I, I know that it is bigger by by exponential effect than almost any comic book on that you will know, actual comic book you will know of. It's like a really big deal. A movie's coming out. Yep. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't but know. But if, if, Ill- if it's an illustrated prose book, um, then you get into a murky territory. Yeah. That being the case, I mean, the, there's a very weird question, what is comics? Yep. Yeah. I mean, like, think about, what about that issue of Alias, where it was just a screenplay on the side of some drawing, you know, like, hmm. Yeah. Like, but that was, just, that was one issue of a series. I mean, like, right, that's, I, I think it's okay. It's, it's just, it gets to a weird... I would like. What, I, I mean, this is what I'm saying. I would like to clarify that I'm looking on the Powell's Books website, which is the link from the Diary of a Wimpy Kid website to buy the first volume, and the product details: subject humor stories, subject comics and graphic novels general, subject humor school peer pressure graphic novels. So they're categorizing it as a graphic novel. And I've, I heard it first described as a graphic novel. I haven't seen it. I don't yeah. know. I'm sure there will be uh, comments on it. It makes a lot of money, from what I've heard. It takes a lot of money. Yes. That's, there's been several volumes. It's a big deal. I believe it's, it won Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards. Yeah. I know that. <laughs> um, um, yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, so it's in that weird area, nebulous area that maybe, you know, depending on how you define what comics are. But, you know, it's, it's, I, I think more power to them. If it's a success, obviously they're doing something right. So. It's, it's, it's like Lady Gaga showing up at, like, the, the CMJ Awards. <laughs> yeah, nice. what are you, whoa, what are you doing here? <laughs> the CMJ Do Awards? I don't know, yeah. but it was the closest. Like, what's an indie? What's an indie like? Like, uh, it's like Avatar winning an American Spirit Award. How's yeah, that? Indie Spirit Award. Yeah, yeah there you go. Okay. Yeah. So, all right, American Spirit's a cigarette. <laughs> they, have cigar- they have cigarette awards. Yeah. Oh god, that's. You cool. know, it's been over a hundred here for a week, right? <laughs> complain, complain. All right, cool. So, if you have a question about uh, some award ceremony or the Eisners that are going to be announced at San Diego this week, uh, call us on our voicemail at one eight eight fanboys. It's one eight three two six two six nine. Seven. And let's just get on with it. Hey, people out there listening to the show right now. Hi. How are you? If you listen to this show and all of our other shows every week, maybe you find we enhance your comic book reading experience. And you think, how can I help these guys who make my comic books more fun? Well, there's lots of ways people out there listening to the show. Here they are. Click on the banners when they come back. We don't know when that will be, but they will be back at some point. When they come back, please <laughs> click on them because they will be very happy to receive your traffic, and then they will say, hey, thank you, iFanboy. Soon, hopefully by the time this is released, the banners will be back. I know that fan- people can't wait for their ads to come back. <laughs> Go to iFanboy.com slash Amazon. That will take you to the Amazon store. Click on the Powered by Amazon button. That takes you to the Amazon.com website. That means when you buy things from that website, we get a piece of that. No more charge with you. I'm, I'm, lo- I'm, I'm seriously losing my mind. I don't know why I'm talking like this. You can buy the shirts from myfanboy.com slash store. We got Fear Agent shirts. We got about five Battle Puck shirts, all in small sizes. So don't order if you're a large, large person. <laughs> you know, hefty. You, you were going to say large man, but you decided to make that gender neutral, <laughs> and I appreciate that. Uh, so check those out at myfanboy.com slash store. And the best way to help us out is to become an iFanboy member for $4 a month or $42 a year. Or $10 a month, $100 a year, you can get a fanboy member. You get a prize pack with stickers, buttons, a comic book from our collection. And if you're at the higher level, you get a T-shirt. And you get eligible for giveaways. We're going to do giveaways again after San Diego. I've got some ideas for stuff to give away. I haven't even talked to these guys yet about that. I don't even know, but it could be t- potentially very exciting. You're not so. giving away my stuff again, are you? 
<laughs> Listen, the car is old. Give Shit. me the money. <laughs> so help us out if you can. We really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for listening. Want the money. Cool. So um, a couple of programming notes. We have another podcast called Don't, iFanboy Don't Miss. comes out every Monday where we talk to a creator about a comic book that's coming out that you definitely shouldn't miss. Um, last week every I Monday? Uh, well, not this Monday. Uh, last week I talked to Zeb Wells about New Mutants number 15, which I thought was coming out last week, but it's coming out this week. So listen to that one again because we're taking this <laughs> week off because we're going to San Diego. So uh, we're taking a week off, so deal with it. Uh, but go subscribe to iFanboy Don't Miss and write a review. It's wonderful. Deal with it. But you are not hurting for podcast content, my friends. Not one bit. I talked to IDW editor Andy Schmidt about one of his new book coming out, uh, Five Days to Die, and we answered your questions from the from the website. And we talked about all sorts of things from uh, from his work to uh, comics experience, the place where you can learn how to make comics to to how the industry works and all sorts of stuff for uh, an hour and a half. Wow! And he was he was hacking up by the ah, at the end. Uh, we 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 burned a lot of tape so that was a, a nice talk about about the comics industry so make sure you listen to that talks blowed yes. did you settle the optimus prime versus snake eyes scenario or uh yeah we did i was trying to remember how it well you have to listen won't you oh yeah we okay. definitely hashed it out and we, <laughs> okay. we actually got into the point i was like well which snake eyes are we talking about are we <laughs> <laughs> or like like or like issue 10 larry hama snake eyes <laughs> It's a good, you know what? It was a good answer. Okay. <laughs> hey, San Diego Comic-Con is this week. If you're listening to this show uh, early in the week, then you know it's coming up. If you listen to it later in the week, then it's already happened. Either way, this is the week for San Diego Comic-Con. If you're going to San Diego and you're listening to this before the con, here's how you can find us. Here's all you need to know about iFanboy San Diego. We are out in full force this year, by the way. I am impressed. It's a little bit intimidating. First of all, we have Connor's number. We have an iFanboy slash graphically booth. It's booth number 2229. That's three twos and a nine. It's right there in the middle of the floor between the Marvel and DC booth prime placement. Just you look, can find, look for the big graphically logo hanging. There's going to be a big sign hanging. So. Yes. You yeah, can find the graphically folks old. there the whole week talking yeah. about graphically. You can go there to learn about it. And we will be there intermittently whenever we decide we'd like to sit, which is a lot, how, is what we learned in Chicago. <laughs> yes. Once, once you put us in the booth, we tend to not want to ever get up again. So you can come by and look like, for us there. Um, and we're having signings with creators. So you can check that out on Thursday from noon to one. Rick Remender will be signing. He's going to be giving away Fear Agent trades and T-shirts and Last Days of American Crime stuff. So check that out noon to yeah, one. Rick's really embraced this, this appearance, by the way. He's really, like, he, he was like, can I give stuff away? I'm like, okay, sure. So uh, if, you like, if, you, if you've been curious about Fear Agent, if you like like him, you possibly could win that stuff, and he'll sign it for you. It's gonna be awesome. So. You're, you're gonna, you're willing to be near him after that awkwardness. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, <laughs> ten feet at all times. Ten feet at all times. Three from three to four p.m. on Thursday, you'll find Peter Krause or Krause. He's the artist on Irredeemable, one of our favorite books. You can find him in there, signing from three to four at our booth. Friday from one to two, you'll find Jamie McKelvey from three to three to four thirty. Ron Mars and Michael Broussard from Top Cow. From five to six, Mike Norton will be there signing, and on Saturday. 1.30 to 2.30 p.m., Mike Norton will be back, and 4 to 5, Kieran Gillen will be there. So we have lots of signings. We will be there during the signings. We'll be even interviewing them on camera before or after the signings. So come by, check that out. You can watch the interviews. You can meet the creators. You can meet us. There'll be swag. We'll have buttons and stickers and all kinds of stuff to give away. So come by, check out our booth, 2229. That's in the middle of the floor. Yes. Thursday is the Comics Podcasting Panel, the fifth, anver- fifth anniversary panel, by the way. The fifth one. Josh will be on that panel along with a bunch of other comics podcasters from 5 to 6, room 32AB. You excited, Josh? Or? Well, I, uh, I started the first one. This is my baby. I'm closing it down. <laughs> oh, That's what I'm saying. I'm going to get loaded. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak my mind. You're going to get fr- frisky on the, up on that. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. I, I'm right. just saying that one guy's going to be happy. He didn't fireworks. show up. Because the third year is when it got tight. It got, it got saucy. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Mm. All right, yeah. Friday, the digital comics panel. That's from 3, three to 4 o'clock in the same room, 32AB, and that's when Ron is actually moderating that panel. Yep. He's going to be attempting to hold that together with guys like Ben Templesmith and James Simon, our boss, Miha, and a bunch of people will be on that panel talking about digital comics. Yes. And finally, every year, people like to come to that fanboy party. It's become a thing. Last year, it was nuts. This year promises to be even better. Thursday night is the party. Usually it's Friday, but this time it's Thursday. Thursday from 7.30 to 11 p.m. at the House of Blues San Diego, which is at 1055 Fifth Avenue between Broadway and C Street. That's going to be the live Dignation show, but we're going to combine that with the uh, Totally Rad Show and iFanboy get-together. So all the shows are going to be there. That's where our party's going to be. Come by, 7.30 to 11. Come early. 
come often. Come early, and the and the big thing about that is if you if you are of the cosplay variety, uh, you're going to want to show up in costume because there's going to be a costume contest that uh, we will be participating in the judging of, and the winners oh. the winners will be <laughs> Josh. Josh just found out on the podcast right now. Um, <laughs> I, was, I, no, I was gonna. I was excited to come in costume. Oh, okay, but, yeah, you can come in costume. He was going to this hope. <laughs> But, yeah, but um, I didn't know what I knew, what I was. So the winners of the costume contest will get brought up on stage during Dignation, and it's going to be a, a big ordeal. And there's also going to be uh, very cool prizes uh, from the sponsors. I can tell you, I've got a little insight, and it's actually I was like, oh, made me consider dressing up in a costume. So uh, so come, <laughs> ordeal is usually a negative word. <laughs> so come dressed up in costume, and uh, we considering we are the, we're going to be sharing the judging duties with the Totally Rad Show guys, and maybe we'll be a little swayed by members of the iFan base. So so if you listen to the show and you're a fan of fanboy tell us uh, i want to see somebody come dressed, i want to see somebody come dressed as ron <laughs> yes there's the challenge <laughs> that would win I, right now i would get my vote right now come dressed as ron and i don't mean like just throw some cardboard so i want to see like ron i want to <laughs> see like ron t-shirt i want jeans yeah, i want like, the teased up that, that yeah. jacket <laughs> And like and like, just like phone glued to his hand. Oh, fuck off! <laughs> I want I want so many Rons like the end of V for Vendetta. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine just look out of see Ron? <laughs> oh dear lord! So yeah, so come to the House of Blues. <laughs> Thursday night. Um, there's a link on the page to RSVP on Facebook. Let us know you're coming. Um, it should be the House of Blues is huge. It holds like a thousand people. It should be enough to get everybody in, but there will be a line. It's going to be super um, popular. So make sure you get there early. Um, yeah, get, come early if you're coming for that fanboy party. Make sure you get in there. And seriously, if you're going to the con and you're not on Twitter, get on Twitter. Follow us at ifan- uh, twittercom ifanboy because we're going to be posting as well as our personal accounts. Uh, I'm at RonXO. Connor's at CS Kilpatrick. Josh is at J Flanagan. We're going to be twittering constantly if you want to meet up with us we want to we want to meet you we want to say hi it'll be great so twitter is the best way to kind of track us down so um if we're even at the con we might just stay in ocean beach the whole whole week i'm not making any guarantees <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited for san diego yeah <laughs> i'm the only one apparently i'm excited to get that away from the fucking heat yeah this is what it sounds like when I'm excited now. <laughs> great, excellent. His will's been broken. All right, let's wrap this up. So go to ifanboy.com where you can find all the great stuff about San Diego as well as all the other cool stuff. This week has been epic in the world of iFanboy. You can check out, we had the scoop on the uh, Green Lantern, Ryan Reynolds photos from Entertainment Weekly. Um, and we welcome all of you uh, folks who came from other websites to check that out who did now discover the podcast. None of you did. Um, but um, uh, so stupid. But it was a great week. Uh, so read all the great writing, Paul and Jim and Mike and Molly and Ryan and everybody else in, who was writing on the site this week. Awesomeness. Um, so go to ifanboy.com. Don't miss it all at all. Um, we also do a video show um, every Wednesday. Comes out and you can get that on ifanboy.com or at revision3.com/ifanboy. Last week we were looking at the origins of comic characters, which I thought was a really good episode. Actually, I really enjoyed it. Fun. Um, this week we're doing a little. We got a little uh, anthology episode about San Diego and conventions and things like that. So um, I'll be curious to see how it comes out. So uh, it might <laughs> it might sound weird, but uh, bear with it. So <laughs> I. I know I look like Grim Death. Yes, you do. I look like shit, too. Connor, you're editing. I mean, we look bad, don't we? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what happened to both of you. I'll be honest. I had a rough week. It was, <laughs> I, look, I, I look like a true blood vampire. <laughs> My <laughs> eyes just aren't bloodshot. They're just red all around them. <laughs> I'm sweaty. I'm wearing a hat. It's not that I don't care. That was the best I could look. Yeah. Ron's got that uh, like droopy eye he gets when he gets super tired. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see that on your costume. I'm like, I'm, I don't. I don't. I, I really want you to go for it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see like an oversized Met shirt. I want, I want you to smell vaguely of pasta. I want, <laughs> I want this That's to work. That's racist. <laughs> it's not racist. I don't think it's, it is. We're both white. It's ethnicist. <laughs> anyway, but, um, it's, it's, it's mean no matter what. But yeah, so. You tell me you don't like pasta. I, I listen to you on a podcast and I go, I'm Italian. I need to eat pasta. <laughs> you said that. <laughs> I didn't know you listened to that podcast. <laughs> Philip is just so dreamy. <laughs> anyway, moving on. I don't know where we are. Okay, <laughs> you can email us. I'm just riffing. You can email us at contact.fanboy.com or leave us a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS-326-2697. Any questions, comments, concerns? What? I got a two-minute voicemail today. I was like, I can't use this. I need to tell my jokes. So keep it short enough that, you know, you know, uh, you, you make your point, get in, get out, tell us who you are, that kind of things, and do good. 
give us good questions. You will be rewarded. And finally, if you like this show, please write a review on iTunes. It helps people find the show. We're doing the push to 1,000 reviews. We're somewhere in the 600 to 700 range. We're not going to look it up. It takes a while to open up iTunes these days. So please write a review for this show, for the Don't Miss show, for the Talks. No, that's, that's on the same feed. For this show, for the Don't Miss show, for the Taste of Comics show, for Round Comics that doesn't exist anymore, for Word Balloon, for Palmer's The Flash, for the video show. Yeah. Just write a review. If you listen to a podcast... It really helps them to write a review for anybody. Everybody show. go to 11 o'clock comics and write reviews for them and compare them to us. So say it's good. Not as good as I fanboy, but it's good. Let's try that. Let's start that war again. <laughs> I know. I'm trying, I'm, Somebody I'm called into there and just hated us. I know. Really? I haven't yeah. listened to this week's. Really? No, this was like a few weeks ago. Oh, shit. I must have missed it when I was working. Oh, fuck. Just whatever happens, don't let any of the fan, I fanboy guys on. What? <laughs> nice. I got to go back and listen to that, bastards. Jesus. Anyway. I'm sorry. Was I not supposed to call them? Oh, I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> well, I've got to go do laundry before San Diego. So until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. 